0: Welcome to the Teacher Interview Podcast. I'm your host, Wes Creasel. I work as Director of Innovation and Instructional Support in Fullerton School District, and we are now in Season 4 of the podcast, where we get to know teachers better. Our themes this season are passion, drive, and determination. Join me. Today we spend time with Pamela Zanell, who teaches sixth grade at Hermosa Drive Elementary. Join us. Okay, hi Pamela.
1: Hello Wes, how are you? <laughs> I'm
0: good. Thanks for coming down and making time for this interview. I'm Thanks really, for having me. I'm really excited to interview you. We have some quotes from some people that you work with. and um, But first, why don't you start off by telling us Um, A little like kind of overview of where you've been in your teaching career, maybe working back from the most immediate and backward to where you started
1: teaching. Okay. So for the last 21 years, I've been at Hermosa Drive in Fullerton, California, and I have loved every moment that I've been there. Prior to that, I was lucky enough to be a military wife. So I taught in Sicily, Italy for four years at the Siganella School. I taught fourth grade through sixth grade, but I was only there for about four years. So I did most of my time in fourth grade there. And
0: where in Italy?
1: It was Sigonella, Sicily. So it was in Catania on the eastern border in like the middle of the island. I'm
0: just struggling. I went to Italy for the first time this summer. I saw your pictures. They were gorgeous. Oh, thank you. Rome and uh, Florence. Beautiful. So this is in the south.
1: Yeah. So where the toe of the boot kind of oh, kicks, it's okay. that island. That's perfect. And that, they have a, uh, a naval military base there. Okay. So I taught military kids Tell on the me base.
0: something you remember or something you learned that stands out from that period of time.
1: From teaching?
0: Yeah, in Italy.
1: Oh, gosh. It, first of all, the people that I taught, the children of military um, people that are stationed, mm-hmm. They are such an eclectic group. They are Mm. um, very different than the kids that we teach here in the United States because um, some of them have one parent that's deployed or some of them even Mm. have two parents that are deployed at the same time. So it gets kind of challenging and they love being overseas but also they're displaced. So there's Mm. a lot of things that go on that you really have to watch for as a teacher, as an educator, but I loved it. Yeah. I would have stayed, but um, we had some aging parents, so we had to come back to oh, the states.
0: Oh, I see, I see. Wow, what, what was the weather like there? Gorgeous, here, gorgeous, like California, like California. Yeah,
1: same latitude line. Yeah.
0: Did you grow up in California? No, oh. I'm
1: a. Um, so then, let's go further back. Okay. So that's so that's what we're talking like 25 years. So prior to that, I had um, five years on the East Coast. I taught. Okay. Um, no, I take it back. Right before I left for Sicily, I had two years here in California oh, okay. because Mark was stationed at Seal Beach. That's my husband. Oh, okay. And then prior to that, we met um, on the internet in 1995. What? No,
0: it didn't even exist then. What? AOL.
1: In a AOL? chat room. What? Uh Uh-huh. So in 1995, and then I got married to him in 1996. Wow. But during that transition, I was in my fourth year teaching on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. I taught um, a lot of language learners, a lot of um, low socioeconomic kids, kids that lived in um from place to place sometimes they were hunkering down in a building that was abandoned it was really interesting to have that this kind of relationship with the kids that i taught there Um, a lot of the kids were from puerto rico from the dominican republic Mm. Um, but it was really fun it was very very um fulfilling Mm. and i loved it and i probably would have never left new york i'm a born and raised new yorker but i did meet mark and I did ask him to wait a year, so 1995 to 96. Yeah. Um, I told him my mother would never speak to him if he pulled <laughs> me out. But I transferred, and I loved wow. every minute. And I've, I've loved all 31 of my years educating. I still oh, wow. love what I do.
0: I, I I sense a theme because you said you never would have left Italy if it were not for, you never would have left uh, New York if it were not for. You seem like you're just happy wherever you are, just full of life. I do, yeah, I do, I fits. love that, yes. Oh, that's awesome.
1: And I love to travel and I love to teach. Um, they're like my passions.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. W- tell me um, one thing, the New York school system is the biggest in the country, probably? Uh, what, what's that outrageous. like? It's yeah. outrageous. It's
1: unbelievably enormous. So, like, here we have the district office. It's accessible. Right. You can come. You can, like, talk to the superintendent. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen the New York superintendent <laughs> from the four years that I was there. Yeah. Um, I did go visit the district office. It was mm-hmm. in um, Brooklyn, and it was this enormous, like, you know, 15 to 20 story building with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of offices in it. Um, They had every different um, section in there Um, and they pretty much took care of five boroughs. They took care of Staten Island, Mm. Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan and um, the Bronx. So it's enormous. Yeah,
0: yeah. So tell me of Italy and New York, because we'll probably come back to Fullerton for most of the conversation, mm-hmm. tell me about those two places. Things that, like, I would imagine the school district system in Italy was smaller, uh, New York was bigger. Tell me one uh, good thing about each.
1: Okay. So, actually, the, the, the government runs the district in sicily okay so and they run the all government? of them yes okay. so it's called the department of defense education schools okay. Dodia. and you have to apply to that and you can um like if i was a single woman i would have loved to have um just let them put me wherever they want so a lot of people. Um, joined ODEA and they have to fill out an application and then pretty much your application gets pulled and you get told where you're going to go. So you could go to Okinawa, you can go to Germany, you can go to Italy, you can go to England. I mean, there's tons of bases all over the world. Sorry. And then, um, but for me, because I was a military wife, I had to wait until I arrived there and apply at the school site. Mm. And then, so I had it, it was kind of like, I guess how you would be if you were a Maybe a temporary teacher here, mm. or probationary, um, and then if I had gone to another location, that would have been um, where I would have been more engrossed in their yeah. system. Um, but I loved being able to teach on the um, in a place that was so absolutely gorgeous. We lived on the economy. I learned Italian fluently while mm, I was there. Wow. Um, wow! We learned lots of um, great. Ways to cook and to just be with people. The Sicilians are the most loveliest of yeah. people. They are so friendly.
0: Now we have a quote from um, Kyle Ruiz, who says uh, she gives you props for your vast knowledge of ancient history. Ah, did being in Italy ever like coincide with teaching? Roman Absolutely. History. So, tell me a little bit about that. And
1: I would say that my my love of ancient history probably started with me living in New York City, because I had access okay. to um, a a million. Well, that's an exaggeration. <laughs> a million museums, and um, oh. in fact, I used to just take my class onto the subway and go up to the museum of the metropolitan museum and (laughs) i would teach my um egyptian studies or my greek studies right in the museum and they would have no problem with that we would be able to like show them the temple of dendor and all of that so then when i went overseas and i lived in italy um, i amassed a huge collection of knowledge and regalia Um, Realia that I was able to bring back with me, and Mm. it's part of my teaching. So I got to visit Rome and um, England and... Um, I never did make it to Israel or to. Um, I would have loved to have gone to one of the Arabian, sta- mm. you know, states yeah. or you know, like Iraq or yeah. Iran, but you know, there was just too much conflict because yeah. there's so much old history there. Right. But Germany, I was able to see a lot of the history wow. there. Yeah. Um, we traveled all over. It was so easy. You would yeah. just pop on a plane, and it was like an eighty dollar flight, and you could go oh, wherever. Wow.
0: That's so amazing. A little different than living here. Um, I, I was just reading a book, um, the biography. Was, I don't know if it's a biography, but David Grohl, The Foo Fighters. Oh, yeah. I have that
1: book. I haven't listened to it yet.
0: Oh, it's it's amazing. And he talks about his early years, they would fly to to Amsterdam and kind of do a European tour for a bunch of weeks. But it was like 80 bucks to get there. Yeah. And then you just everything was so close. So I this is another quote. um, it's live music is a passion of yours. Oh and that's why gosh. I dropped in the uh, reference to the David Grohl book.
1: I love the Foo Fighters. I've seen them, I've no, seen them once. I've um, never seen but them. But I am a huge. Um, jam band. fan. Okay. So for years I like was a fish fan like, or... well, I like fish, okay. They're not my favorite, but I love. Tell fish. me your favorite. Um, my favorite was great. I was a great deadhead. So okay. I followed the Grateful Dead when I was younger. And then as I got older, I loved like the Allman brothers. And oh now I'm obsessed with, um, and I've, I have been for like the last 30 years, Dave Matthews band. Okay. But since my son has been older in the last, I guess, 10 years, I've been I've been seeing a lot of concerts, like oh, I must go gosh. to anywhere between five to ten a year.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's awesome.
1: For just to see them.
0: OK, so post-COVID favorite concert? What's, what's... Oh,
1: um, my girlfriend and I, we went to um, this last summer. We visited um, a whole bunch of cities, but three of them. Um, let's see. What was it? It was um, Houston mm-hmm. and then we were in Oh, gosh. I'm thinking of um, Florida, West Palm Beach, and then um, back here in San Diego. All three or four of those shows, we were in the pit, and we were right on the rail. And who so, are you seeing? Dave Matthews Band. Oh. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm obsessed. <laughs> so we were right there on the rail. Wow. like Like, he was right in front of me. It yeah. was the best. It was so much fun.
0: So this is a quote from Kyle uh, Ruiz. She wrote in caps, Dave Matthews. <laughs> that is all you need to know.
1: <laughs> I'm She's, a little obsessed. She loves
0: him and goes to multiple concerts a year. Very so true. If you could pick an adjective or two to describe what it is about his music or him personally, his persona, what what is it that appeals so much to you?
1: So I really enjoy being in a live venue where everyone is just Happy. It's Mm. like you go to your happy place. You're singing out loud. You're dancing for hours. You don't stop moving um, People are friendly people want to get to know you It's it's like a huge family. Yeah, and it's pretty addicting because you want that feeling over and over again So it's really fun
0: now I'm gonna I think I overheard when you were talking to Pablo when you got here, you said something about being into exercise and then you, you said dancing for hours and I thought like I'm not gonna dance more than five minutes, but dancing uh, for hours, you yes. have to be doing a lot of exercise to keep up with that. Well, so what do you do for exercise? So
1: I exercise every morning at five AM. I oh. go to a gym that's about three minutes from my house. Uh-huh. It's more of um, you know, they do like I've like trained for them or... like it is like a boot camp. So you yeah. do different like muscle muscle um, work mm-hmm. weights four days a week yeah. and then um, some cardio three days yeah. a week. Um, so it's really fun. And I, I've i been doing it now for about seven years okay. at this particular gym. Prior to that, I did a lot of yoga. I run. Yeah. Um, but this year has been um particularly good because I feel like I had to keep up my stamina to go to all these shows. <laughs> all true. right.
0: So let's take live music and your love of that and working out, which I'm not going to say you're obsessed, but that's dedication yes. at the very least. How do those benefit you as a teacher and how, or how do you, cause they, they're such a big part of you. How do they come to your students? Cause you can't like the students are gonna know these things about you or benefit Absolutely. from your energy or whatever so so on the sign? on the
1: days that I exercise, my endorphins get kind of revved up, so I have the energy and at fifty seven years old, I need as much energy to you know handle uh thirty one eleven year olds and I love yeah. sixth grade to pieces. they are so fun, they're so engaged they they keep me on my toes. They challenge me every day as much as I challenged them, I would hope. <laughs> um, and then um, the music, I've always been musical for, you know, as long as I can remember. I mean, I, I sung in choir from the time I was a young girl. I was in musical theater all through high school. I did, um, Uh, assistant directing in um, musical theater all all, the whole time I was in Sicily. And then I always love being the, uh, you know, the helper for stage here at her, at, in, in FSD. So I do have um, a lot of musical background and I, I sing all day in my classroom. What? I mean, I'm always breaking out into <laughs> songs. I always have different songs, and the kids are always like, what's that?
0: Are you making these songs up? Or are no, you, you're no. You're singing it's, songs? It's
1: usually something that the kids will say that will lead me to, like, I don't know, a Billy Joel song, a Bruce Springsteen gotcha. song. I mean, something in my repertoire that I, I remember. That's great. So it's super fun, and, it, and you know, they they love when I geek out on them.
0: And then they're going to pick up bits of pop culture yes. that they wouldn't know Absolutely. otherwise. Do you have a, a song you think you sing more than the others in the classrooms, like something they would know um, uh, because it's just a, a, a reference?
1: I can't pull one out of my head mm. right now, but I, there probably is one yeah. that comes up. If we asked them, up.
0: they would probably probably. Know. <laughs> That's great. That's fantastic. Okay. So I didn't know you're involved in stage, but I, I do have a note here that you um, run the speech and debate program. Oh, yeah. And tell me a little bit. Kyle has a note here about why. But what's your why for being involved with speech? Why anxiety? I love it.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh well, well at first it was you know I a lot of the kids in the school really wanted it and mm. there wasn't anybody stepping up. So a mm. lot of times when we have small schools, we don't want to give up these fantastic things that happen. So um, it's really important to me that our kids get the uh, benefit of a lot of these things that the district offers. Um, it's really very challenging but i also love speaking and i love um being outgoing and being able to help mm. these kids to become yeah. better um, communicators and um, speakers it's really fun yeah. and a lot of them that come in are some of the shyer ones so and they end up the year being so much more outgoing and yeah. able to you know speak their mind
0: and what grades is uh, speech and debate at her it most, is Fourth through sixth. Fourth, fifth, and sixth. Right. okay. Do you have a particular student or performance that stands out to you as something you've seen where a student did something that was kind of surprising or just something you're proud of them seeing? Um,
1: well, right now, I wanna say my biggest surprise is I have one of my sped kiddos who joined speech and debate. Um, he is uh, has an autistic diagnosis and he is speaking an autistic speech from the advantage um so it's very um, it's very interesting to hear him it's not he didn't write it mm-hmm. it's somebody else's writing yeah, an about being autistic yeah. but he has pretty much almost memorized the whole thing wow. and he is ready to kind of get that acting on yeah. and i've just been so floored by him he's he's been incredible
0: yeah wow that's awesome and,
1: and then last year i had a lot of um top district uh superstars mm-hmm. on my team <laughs> um this year it's been a lot of little quieter but because yeah. they've all gone to seventh grade but it was kind of fun seeing the energy that they had
0: yeah i had i was going to connect that um well kyle's uh ruiz uh, ruiz's reason that you support the program is because you saw the impact it made on the students. That was that was her quote.
1: Oh, that is um, true.
0: Yeah. And then, so there was another quote, and I'm not sure it was from Kyle. Let me look over here in my notes. Caroline? But it was about, yeah, for, about um, mainstreaming. And oh. so let me see. Let me put my glasses on. <laughs> uh, oh, it was actually from Kyle. She says, um, "As a sixth grade team, we had to fight over who would be lucky—the lucky, lucky teacher—to get mainstreaming. Hermosa has a big heart for mainstreaming, and Pamela is part of the core teachers who push for this. So she talks about you creating scaffolds and modifying the curriculum so that all students can participate. So it's interesting that the student uh, who's doing the speech—the autism yeah. speech—that um, made me think of this quote. And so." what is it that you see the benefit of mainstreaming or what do you see happening when when we do that
1: well you know all all students deserve an equitable education they all are it's really important that they get the sixth grade curriculum just like everyone else um, so when I when I have the in the past when I had the ability to have the kids come in, from the special ed um, self-contained classroom, um, it just tickled me. I was I loved um, being able to help them and to be able to teach them and to be able to collaborate with the special ed teacher. I don't have a special ed background, but now after 20 years of mainstreaming, mm. wow. I feel like I've learned a tremendous amount about kids with ne- special needs. Um, And this year, I've been lucky enough to be part of the co-teach program. So um, it's my first time, and I got to say, it is probably the highlight of my career.
0: Describe the co-teach program for people who are not familiar. So I
1: have a class that is uh, two-thirds regular education, one-third kids on IEPs. I have a special ed teacher plus some support staff, instructional aides that work in the classroom. They learn all at the same time, mm-hmm. and then we just scaffold how they show their work. Mm. So they're getting everything that the sixth grade curriculum can give them as and me as a teacher, and then from there, we figure out you know, what needs can we provide that'll Get them to give us what we what we are asking right. for. Right. So we start with super high expectations, mm-hmm. and they are stepping up. I've never seen a group of kids more engaged and more willing to try hard things. Mm.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's really it's, exciting. It's powerful. Yeah, and what happens when? Because um, a lot of times we're, we're told like being special ed is it's confidential. Um, But I I heard a quote from uh, somebody who was reflecting on, I think it was Viola Davis's book, um, where she was talking about like certain students were, you know,
1: in special ed,
0: but they're not supposed to be known. But everybody knows when you get called out for a special reason. Um, But so what happens when the students who are um, the regular ed population are both, you know, side by side included in this mainstream model? What do you think happens to their Empathy or awareness or what do you see?
1: That's a great question because I know that I have seen other classes um, in other schools where they don't have the empathy for it. Mm -hmm. it, They're kept separate so then it really stays separate. They Mm -hmm. don't make any kinds of connections. I see that even in the GATE programs, the gifted and talented Mm -hmm. programs, because a lot of times if... They're just working with their gifted program kids and grade levels, and not really kind of connecting with regular education, there tends to be that disconnect. So what I've noticed at Hermosa, which is really beautiful, is that because we've always had a special ed community, the kids... All respect the diversity mm. that we have very little teasing or um, negativity mm-hmm. that goes on even on our site yeah. um, what's beautiful about the co-teach program is that from the beginning this particular group has been together since third grade that's problematic in itself because we have we are a small school so we don't they don't get to move away from this one group, mm-hmm. but I got to tell you, they love each other. They have mm-hmm. come up third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. They help each other. They support each other. They understand that they, you know, that everybody is a little bit different, and everybody has mm-hmm. a different way that they they get their education.
0: Right, right. So what stands out to me is you. You talked about Italy. Uh, you talked about New York. Uh, but you just said maybe the most special experience of your career is co-teaching this year. That's pretty amazing. Like, when, I mean, you have a diverse uh, set of experiences in the classroom. So that's something to really yeah. reflect on. That's powerful. Um, it's been beautiful. There's a couple of quotes. These are from Caroline Llewellyn, the principal at Hermosa. And she has a couple of words that we haven't touched on yet. So one, I'm going to say, um, Hermosa drives garden.
1: What... Um, tell me about so i think she's talking about the reading garden is she talking okay. about the reading garden because we have two gardens
0: innovation experience last year oh
1: oh that's the garden garden so so i think <laughs> tell she me about was, the both gardens <laughs> right so um she is talking about when we went to the fsd fest okay. um i kind of was the lead okay that kind of held together they had an innovation and um m- um, Robel, who's our speech and language, she okay. does a gardening club oh. every, every week, I think oh. one or two times yeah. a week. So we presented about how we, um, oh, we grow food and then the food goes to our nutrition oh. services and we're able to provide it to the kids. So oh. we've done that a couple of times. So that's, that's really cool.
0: Okay. And was there another garden?
1: So, um, about 21 years ago when we first started, Hermosa had a different focus. Now it's fitness focus and health. Um, But years ago, it was community service. So Mm. one of my community services was I built a reading garden across from my room in the back. It has the white fence around it. It has benches. And we had um, the Friends Community Church came in and they provided all the lumber and the tools. And my first class 21 years ago built that garden oh, and then wow. each subsequent year we took care of it and we provided for like re- replacing the yeah. uh, whatever they're called the things on the fence yeah. or the benches that needed to be re-cemented so we take we keep the upkeep and that is really used it's yeah. the kids love it oh
0: that's awesome just a
1: place to get out of the sun yeah so it's fun oh
0: that's awesome
1: and reading is kind of my thing oh okay so you know language arts and reading and i'm uh, that's one of the ways i really connect with a lot of my kids Mm. i do um reading books or book clubs i always have um quite a few novels that i cover a course of the year and i am a huge reader at home too
0: oh that's great tell me one of the books that you've seen kids really gravitate towards in the last year or two or are there certain titles that they're really well
1: we've been teaching um the lightning thief and we've been oh, okay. able to cover um a lot of our standards through it and they love it they are so engaged anything about the greek gods and goddesses they just yeah. they love
0: and that ties back into that passion for ancient history that exactly you, that you have. and it's
1: all about the greek nice gods and then and you
0: have that book to deliver it, uh
1: huh, and you know, um, Olympus is at the top of the you know Empire State Building in the boat book, so I get a little bit of the New York <laughs> and a little bit of the LA.
0: Oh, that's great. Um, tell me about the other word that I was going to uh, mention is that Caroline Llewellyn drops in here is esports.
1: Oh, Um, that's been so much fun (laughs) and really out of my wheelhouse. So I've never been a video game person. And my kid, who's 21, he loves video games. So he played... All when he was lower, um, little, and I used to watch him play, and I was like, eh, because I'd rather read, right? <laughs> right? So I'm a reader. Yeah, um, I probably read three to four books a week. Oh
0: my God! <laughs> I can't even imagine.
1: Well, I, you know, I go home, I read, I yeah. wake up in the morning, I get up early, I don't sleep very much anymore. <laughs> the older you get, you don't really sleep very much, so I like to read. But um, when someone needed an esports coach, and again, people weren't, you know, it was hard. People were asked, you know, small school, were asked to do a lot. I didn't want them to lose out. So I figured I'd do a lunch club. And um, I always had someone who was there to help me. Like my first partner was Cindy Wilson, who I miss terribly. She Mm. retired. And then my next partner was um, oh I did it last year with my student teacher and she was awesome and then this year um, I have Daryl um, Santos from um, I think she was at Fern Drive right, right. so she she's been super fun and it just is like hilarious to watch them <laughs> and last year I actually had one of the winning kids
0: oh wow so that
1: was really exciting oh, that's great he won the versus tournament and oh, he was a fifth awesome. grader so that was really fun
0: Wow. So it, you mentioned your son in being into video games and you're not and sort of watching from that lens. That was actually one of Caroline Llewellyn's quotes that she included is that you love your son and he's graduating college with honors and you love spending time with him. Yes. So uh, tell me he's a little bit about him. Best. Oh, <laughs> he's the he's, best. He
1: is. He's And he's grown up so much. He's he's really matured. Four years of college really does make a difference oh my gosh she's like a different human being um we can hang. We can chat. Oh, nice. um, we talk books. You know, he he's more of a listener now than he ever was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's more into the mechanics of stuff. So very often, he and Mark have conversations that my Mark's my husband yeah. that I don't even understand. They're talking <laughs> tools. They're <that> talking <laughs> mechanics. So he's studying to be a mechanical engineer. Wow. He's got one more semester. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, one, more, there. one more. One <laughs> more payment, which is beautiful. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. And That's... he'll probably end up staying in Montana. He thinks if he gets oh, if Montana. he gets a job there. Wow. Yeah, he goes to Montana State University. Oh wow!
0: What uh, drew him to that? Was it the the program? Or yes, the, the
1: program. Wow. So we went and visited quite a bit of schools. Um, we looked at Wyoming, and okay. that had a great program. We looked at Colorado Springs and a couple of other the Colorado universities universities Boulder. Um, there was a tech one that's further north in Colorado. Yeah. We visited the West Coast, like Vancouver, all the way down. But um, he loved this program. He liked the whole research and development, and yeah. that's been really fun for him.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Was that a big adjustment? Uh, culturally, Montana sounds not very populated compared to Southern California, which is. Not for him. No. He's,
1: he's pretty introverted. Okay. So <laughs> it fit right. It was right up his alley. He that's loved perfect. it. That's
0: perfect. That's perfect. Um, one of the other things that Caroline um, did mention is that you are supportive of new teachers. You cheer on the new teachers, you support them in their journey. What is some um, advice you might give to somebody who's, you know, like you mentioned, having a, a student teacher, I think, uh, somebody who's just getting into teaching? What is something that you could offer up that you think would help them, you know, find their path or, you know, maybe just learn the ropes? What do you? What well, do you- it
1: has to be fun there has to be passion. You have to kind of find what drives you and the kids. It's really about relationships. And over the 31 years that I've taught, you know, Mm -hmm. I remember so much about um, the kids that I've worked with. I mean, I don't remember all 31 every year. That would be impossible. But there's always these kids that I've made connections with each year that I know that I've made an impact. And it's always been pretty powerful to to hear it back, to mm-hmm. have some one of these kids reach out, write me a letter, send me an email, it's always a beautiful thing. So I know that I build those relationships, and that's where the power is. So building relationships is number one. Number two is, I think, would be to really Find your way to be creative. That mm. that we're given curriculum and we're given standards, but it's up to me to design a curriculum that's engaging not only for them, but for me. Because if mm. you're just doing the rote, you know, this page and mm-hmm. do this thing next and yeah. move on to the next thing. You know, there has to be some kind of fun. Like you have to, you know, break out into song every now and <laughs> then or dance around the room or wear jingly earrings. You know, it, it's really about having a good time. And I yeah. love going to work every day.
0: That's great. Well, we are about at time, and I just love your, your passion, your enthusiasm, the energy you bring, thank and you. I think your your students and your school community are so lucky, and it's it's clear from the quotes from Kyle and Caroline that they really appreciate that energy as well. Thank so, you so much. Thank you so much. This has been the teacher interview podcast. Thank you for joining us.